are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, goal getters. I am so thrilled to be back after two long weeks without new content. I do apologize in case you guys don't have Instagram or seen the show notes. I had to take an unexpected break due to tech issues. Long story short, my MacBook, in the midst of a new job, new content in school, decided to crap out completely. And after going to three different sources, including the Apple Store, and two people not being able to tell what was wrong with my MacBook, I did finally find a solution and a place I could repair it, but it won't be back until mid-August. And the MacBook didn't have any software damage. There was no physical damage. It just had a defective part that was not covered by Geek Squad, FYI. So it really was just a bad apple, if you will. (laughs) Sorry, I had to make a joke about it. But Since it's not going to be fixed within two weeks, I did take some inspired action and I really did not want to go another two weeks without podcasting. So Target, fortunately, was able to match Prime Day deals and I was able to get a new laptop. It's an HP laptop for under $400. And fun fact, it actually cost me less to buy that new computer than it was to fix my MacBook. Another fun fact is the microphone that I have and love works with this HP, but doesn't work with my MacBook. So just going to see the silver lining and make the best of a bad situation. But anyways, again, I am so excited to be back. I had another setback last week that I'm going to share with you guys because it's also kind of funny. Well, the MacBook, you know, crapping out is really not funny. I was having a meltdown after that. But You're going to hear in an interview that I did last week that will be published later that I lost my voice and I lost my voice. I wasn't sick or anything like that, but I lost it at a Hanson concert. You heard that right. After 25 years, I finally got to see one of my favorite bands of all time at my favorite venue. Nonetheless, it was at the Ryman in Nashville and my pre-adolescent girl is doing backflips after just such an amazing show. If you haven't heard any of Hanson's latest stuff, you have to listen to the song I Was Born. Actually, listen to all the songs, but the song I Was Born is really in alignment with the theme of the show. And 
they shared a story at their concert that's also in alignment with the show, that's in alignment with the message, is they talked about leaving their record label. And people thought they were crazy. A lot of people in the music business told them they were crazy. Like, I can't believe you're leaving the label. This label made you millions of dollars. They know how to market it. They know how to put you guys out there. But they left the label because they wanted to focus on the music, the music alone. They wanted to share the music. They wanted to share music that was authentic to them, not what they were being told to write, but music that really aligns with them and aligns with their fans. And because of that, they're still selling out shows nationwide. The loyal fan base, people like me, continue to listen to their music, and they've had seven amazing albums since then. Yes, they have a new one, the Red, Green, and Blue album, and it is, it's just such a beautiful album. If you're looking for good music to listen to, download Hanson's Red, Green, and Blue, download Anthem, download Shout It Out, download a lot of their albums. You will not be sorry. I just, I love their music. One of the biggest topics I wanted to discuss with you guys is right along the time I got to go to this concert, I had somebody ask me, they say, you know, I don't know. They didn't ask me, but they said this to me. They said, I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how you do the podcast, plus putting your best into your work, plus your dance classes, plus everything else you're pursuing right now. And my first thought was, well, I really don't either, but I do have time. I still get to hang out with my friends. I still get to explore everything Nashville has to offer. I still get to be on the water, um, even watch TV every now and then. But when the light bulb hit, and I promise this handsome thing is tying into what I'm going to talk about on the show, but this really hit me when I watched an interview with Hanson after the show, I was still on a high and Zach, the drummer, my favorite, we were both drummers. He said that what he did, he was so lucky to be performing music. They all feel this way. They all feel lucky to be performing for as long as they have, but what they do does not always feel like work. They love what they do. They love the music. They love just sharing with their fans. But even though, yes, they are having to put work in, they're having to put a lot of hours into it, you know, be away from their family, be on the road a lot. They say that it doesn't feel like work. They could even live off of the royalties of their hit song, Mbop, if they wanted to. Mbop is a song that you may know by them. I'm sure you know the song Mbop is really popular in 97. They could live off the royalties from that, but they continue making music. They continue touring and making albums because they love what they do and that's authentic to them. That's when the bright light bulb just burned really brightly into my head. And I realized I wanted to have this pep talk with you guys about staying passionate. And when you stay passionate, it feels more like inspired action instead of hustle. Hustle? Hustle. Hustle used to be a very sexy word in the early 2010s. There were two popular songs. The first one was Party Rock, and the tagline was, Every day I'm hustling. And there's another rap song. It's like, Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. I, I know I'm not doing that right, but you get the idea. Hustle was a sexy word. It was on every t shirt. It was just that badge of honor. It's like, Yeah, I'm hustling. I'm working hard. Every rapper, every singer talked about how hard they hustled. And I really didn't think about hustle necessarily being a bad thing until 
I interviewed a guest last year named Tootie Tagerly, who used to be an executive for Facebook. And she talked about how much she realized the toxicity of hustle culture really is after the pandemic. I had the same conversation with my friend Carly too. She talked about chasing that dangling carrot that a lot of corporations dangle to their employees. Dangling carrot is, you know, the promise of being promoted, the promise of getting a raise. You could be leveled up. You could be this or that. If you just chase the dangling carrot, then you take a bite of that carrot, you find out that it's rotten. But instead of chasing a dangling carrot, a lot of the people I've interviewed, metaphorically speaking, have sown their own harvest and grown their own vegetables that they replenish themselves with. And I realized that, well, we all realize that, you know, you have to work. You definitely have to work to make money. You have to work to live. But it doesn't have to be your only way to live. Your full-time job doesn't even have to be your full source of income. I have a friend that used to have a, you know, C-level job, and she decided to take a step back. She has a job in property management. She just did the switch. She loves it, and she makes extra income doing, um, renting out an Airbnb. I have another friend who bought a car and rents it out using Turo. So they're finding other ways to make money. Millennials and Gen Z have realized that your full-time job is not the only way to make money. And for me, I like to make money doing things that I love. And yeah, again, you have to work to make money, but you don't actually have to deplete your energy to get it. In fact, we often see it in the corporate world, not so much the nonprofit, but the corporate world, the higher that many people climb, the less they do and the more they make. And that's what it seems like, or at least we really don't know what they're doing. I've had this conversation a lot of times. I'm like, what is this person doing again? We don't know. We just know that they're higher up and they make more money. Warren Buffett had a quote that I'll never forget. And he says, you have to find ways to make money in your sleep. And that's when you're really reaping the harvest that I talked about metaphorically of being able to earn money without working for it. And that's really what you work towards. We were talking about celebrities earlier. I remember really um, beginning of this year and the end of last year, there are two different women, Kim Kardashian and Rachel Hollis, both sparked a lot of controversy as they made statements telling people that they needed to work harder, that they each had what they had because they worked harder than everybody else. And when a lot of people hear this, it, it hits the wrong way because what they do to us and yeah, they're working, they're working hard, they're sacrificing a lot, but it doesn't always look like work to us. And they're patronizing to people telling them that we need to work as hard and we're going to be billionaires when we all know very well, even though we're not billionaires, we still work hard. That's just another important point of knowing the audience that you're speaking to. And I just remember they, they really quite frankly, pissed off a lot of people with those comments. And Rachel Hollis said something about how, you know, she was referring to the lady that cleaned her house as the lady that scrubbed her toilets. Didn't even know her housemaid's name. You know, how dehumanizing is that? Or Kim Kardashian said, we need to get off our effing asses and work. Really? You know, she got famous for being famous, you know, back in the 2000s. And she doesn't think that a lot of us are working. 
you know, just kind of comparing apples to oranges, sometimes I think feels like we work harder than some of the people that are more successful than us. And it's also the reason that why those comments are so toxic is we know that they're glorifying the hustle culture. And what they do is, yeah, it's work. But to us, like to me, I, I would love to be an actress. And an actress tells me, though, I've got to work for it. I got to work for it. And I'm like, okay, I would, I would, I would be in a film for $10,000. Some actresses are in it for $10 million. It's just hard to fathom how they got from that point to another or how they got to that point in their life. So, again, somebody that is te- somebody telling you to work hard when they don't know what it's like to work as hard as you can be very off putting. But, it's also, what's the word I'm looking for? It's also just shows how to, how out of touch they are. And it's just toxic because it's adding on that hustle culture. And that's where it comes to the difference between hustling and taking inspired action. When you're hustling, you're doing it out of fear. When you're hustling, you're doing it for the approval of others. When you're hustling, you're pushing yourself to your limit, to maybe even past your limit. Hustle may have sounded like a sexy word in the past, but it's not a sexy word anymore. You have a lot of CEOs, a lot of successful people who call out the hustle culture. Inspired action, however, inspired action starts with, you start, you begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. You begin with the end in mind. You look at the benefits that come with the work that you're putting in. You are looking at what what rewards you from that inspired action. Inspired action, for example, for me would be recording this podcast. Yeah, I'm putting in hours to do this and I'm having to edit, having to put in some work, but it doesn't feel like work to me because I want to do this. I recently made the switch from a corporate sales job to a nonprofit and the corporate sales job was fun, but after a while, I just, you know, I just got tired of doing it. And even though it wasn't really a hard job, selling came easy to me. The thought of getting up and doing it and just putting myself out there, it felt like work. It felt like hard work, even though it really wasn't hard work. It just felt like more work. Now I'm working for a nonprofit and I'm inspired by the nonprofit because the nonprofit is doing something that I believe is going to better society. And when I work for that nonprofit, I get excited about the work I'm doing. And in return, it doesn't feel like work. In fact, eight days, eight hours that I put into the day goes by so fast. So the way that you frame the planned action that you're taking is going to affect how it feels. And that can draw a distinction between Hustle versus the inspired action. The example that I want to use with hustle culture versus inspired action is working out. I've used this as an example before, but we all do it. Hopefully we're all working out. Hopefully we're all making time to move. But I talk about it a lot and there's a reason for that. So with working out, I'm sure you guys know that you can easily get your steps in by shopping, taking a leisure walk, by dancing, 
my workout of choice. Hello. Because I'm concentrating on getting the movements to flow and how the dance looks instead of burning calories. But there's so many ways to burn calories that don't involve a boot camp or running marathons. However, there are people out there, like my brother for one, who loves running marathons. It's it's leisure for him. And I'll never understand that, but it doesn't feel like work to him. That's the difference between hustling and inspired action. When I had I played basketball growing up and we had to do the drills. I remember my coach would I say, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I would associate that hustling with not being able to breathe from running so hard. I was never a runner, probably, well, I'll never say never, but don't really intend to be a runner, but I am a dancer. In dancing, it never feels like I'm hustling. Yeah, sometimes I've danced myself to where I'm extremely sore the next day, but when I'm dancing, I'm all about the movement, the feeling of the movement. It's very grounding for me. It can be therapeutic for me in some ways, but I'm all about getting the movement correct that it doesn't always feel like a workout to me. It is a workout, but it doesn't always feel like a workout to me. And that's where I get the inspired action from. Another way to turn working out into inspired action instead of a hustle is thinking about how I feel after that workout. When I'm doing yoga, for example, if I'm in a pose, I'm like, okay, can we get out of this pose by now? How many downward dogs do I need to need? All these things are going through my head. But after yoga, I feel absolutely amazing. So starting with the end in mind, how I'm going to feel afterwards, that is what is effective for me in terms of making work feel like inspired action instead of hustling. This podcast, again, I'm super passionate about this but it does take hours out of my week. I have to record it. Then I have to edit it. Then I have to write my thoughts together. So my ADHD brain does not ping pong all over the place. But when I do the show, it just lights me up. I get so excited about it. I get so excited about talking about it. Usually when people ask me what I do, I mention the podcast first because that's what I'm just super passionate about. It's my baby. It's my project. I want everybody to know that I do a podcast. That is one thing that I love being known for. And I also get to talk about my job at the nonprofit. Now, I don't talk about my work in detail on the show just because my thoughts and my comments don't reflect the company I work for. But when I'm around my friends, I get to talk about what we do and I get to be excited about it. That's another example of inspired action versus the hustle. If you're telling your friends that, you know, just, well, I just crunch a bunch of numbers and then I, you know, show other people how I crunch the numbers and I have to hear back about crunching those numbers. You talk about that. If, you know, if you don't like crunching numbers, you're going to talk about that from a place of hustle. You're just like, oh yeah, this is what I do. It's kind of boring. I don't like it anymore. But then if you really like what you do, it shows. I remember when I had a job with an electronics company where I got to try out all the newest and latest technology me getting excited about talking about the products used to kind of rub people the wrong way. I don't know if it did or not, but they'd always tease me about it. They always tease me about how much I loved the products I got to test out. And it used to rub me the wrong way because I was like, oh, they're making fun of me. But now I look back and I was like, oh, actually, they wished that they could be as excited about what their company does as I was about the electronics company. It really does hit differently when you love what you do. And just about everybody can find a way to love what they do. Now, 
some things you have to do, you're not going to love. I do not love doing laundry. I have some towels that I got to put over in the dryer and then I've got to fold them and then I've got to put them away. It's doing laundry is the most cumbersome task for me, but it has to be done. You know what I do love is having an organized house is clean linens and being able to work from a place and not have to worry about cleaning anymore. So whenever I vacuum or do the laundry or organize my closet, I think about how nice it's going to be to access an organized closet, how nice it's going to be to have clean towels, how nice it is to have clean sheets. It doesn't necessarily make me love doing laundry, but I'm more inspired to do laundry. So I have that inspired action. I'm inspired to do it instead of just grunting through it. It provides a whole different energy around the, I was going to say task, but I don't even like the word task. I say planned action. It puts more energy around that planned action. When you put a different energy around something like that, a more positive energy, it's not going to feel as much. It's not going to be as daunting as it normally would be. It may not be the best thing in the world. I still don't think doing laundry is the best thing in the world, but it makes it less daunting when I think about, oh, I'm actually going to let myself have clean towels. I'm going to let myself live in an organized house. I'm providing a better space for myself. So when I think about what the results are instead of what the task is, that actually makes the planned action more of an inspired action than it does a hustle or a daunting task. Think about what you're doing with your regular job. Instead of saying, oh, I have to formulate this business plan and present it to everybody. Why not look at it as, oh, I get to formulate a business plan and I get to show my coworkers how badass I am and how much work I'm putting into it. Instead of saying, oh, I got to travel across the states for work. Say, oh, I get to travel to a new place for work and see a new, get a change of scenery for a now for once in a while. Just think about it. Think about something that you have to do. Instead of saying you have to do it, you get to do it. All right. So let's see, where am I? Oh, so again, that's when I get the question, how are you able to juggle everything all at once? It's easier to juggle more things at once to do whatever it is you're doing. If you're working full time and in school part time, if you're, you know, having to care for someone other than yourself, Think of it as, okay, I get to do this. And when you're passionate about what you're doing, when you find out why you want to do it and what the end result is, it's going to feel a lot less like work. And when you're good at organizing your time, you seem to have more time. So even though I've got a lot of things on my plate, it's a lot of good things and I can still find time to relax I spent all of this past Sunday doing absolutely nothing and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, If you want to be around your friends, you can still do it. Just be intentional with your time. Think about what the planned action is going to result in. And also just think about what a privilege it is to be able to do what you're doing. Even if it's going to a job that you think is just absolutely boring, guess what? You're still privileged to have a job because so many companies are doing layoffs right now. 
or if it's like me cleaning your house. Well, yeah, I hate cleaning the house and I usually like to pay someone else to do it. But even though I have to do some upkeep with it, how lucky am I to have a house to myself that I get to clean and organize and that I get to work from on some days. Now, just wrapping this up now to remind you guys to, and it's just basically a recall, reframe your planned action, start with the end in mind, and also know what a privilege it is to have to do the said actions. While I'm at it, go ahead and if you haven't read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, go ahead, add that to your list, add it to your Audible if you're like me and you like to listen to books. And on your Spotify, find the song, I Was Born by Hanson and listen to that. That's a great song to start your day with. It's a great motivating song. If you work out, it's a great song to work out to. But do those two things and tell me how you feel after listening to I Was Born and after you finish The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening and just remember that when you reframe what you're doing, reframing the energy around what you're doing, saying, I get to instead of, ha- instead of I have to, I'm going to promise you that your hustle is going to return into an inspired action and your inspired action is going to bring more desired results. I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this episode. If you love it, make sure you leave five stars on Spotify or five stars on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know that you love it and why you love it. I really appreciate you guys. And I'm so excited to be back and sharing with you all. You guys have any suggestions, feedback, comments, let me know. And I will gladly put that out back into the universe for you guys and bring it to you guys through the show. Thanks again. And I'll see you next week.